Good morning, Journey. Happy 2022. Happy New Year. Excited to be with you this morning. Matthew 1, 23 says this. Look, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall name him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. And so, if you're just coming out of Christmas time, you've probably heard that passage. Maybe it was sung in a carol or maybe in a uh, kid's skit of some sort, but you probably, if you've been around church at all, you've probably heard that passage. God, who is with us? And that's such an encouragement to us this morning that we don't celebrate a God who is distant or far or doesn't care about us, but he is, scripture says he is with us. And so I think in the beginning of the year, what I like to do Um, As we're in this season of evaluating and setting new goals and trends for the year, we can get so busy planning for the year, but I want us to maybe test some of those assumptions we might have. And I want to really ask you, if I could be really honest, I want you to be gut, gut level honest with me, if you could. Do you believe that? Do you, do you believe God wants to be with you? Is that just like a Oh, yeah, that's great. You know, it sounds good. Looks good on the wall at grandma's house or whatever. But, um, or is this, do you, do, is, do you believe that? Is that something that's a reality for you? Do you believe um, the, the word for with, it's, um, it's face-to-face. That's what it means in, in the original text, to, to come face-to-face with. Do you believe God is a God who comes face-to-face with us? Does he want that? And, and so as I say that, I, I can imagine that if some of you who, you're like, yeah, I think I heard that. I believe that it's in the Bible, but what does that look like in your life? Or maybe if I put it this way, how do you think God feels towards you? What does he look like? Or how, how is he looking at you? I, I sat with a student this week and I asked him that question. Um, and his answer, he, he, he kind of looked and thought for a second. And then he was like, I think, yeah, I just think God would be kind of like patient. He would be kind. He's not, he's not in a rush. Man, that's really good. And for some of you, when, you, when I say that, you're like, yeah, I, I look at God as more as he, he's angry with me or maybe he is disgusted. Like, is this, is that it? Maybe that's it. Or maybe like an impatient dad looking at his watch, tapping his foot, right? Maybe that's what prayer feels like for you. Or maybe for some of you, you just think, um, it, God, if there is a God, he doesn't really care. He's, he doesn't really, he's not really involved all that much, Right? And so as we start this year, a new year, a new chapter, new year, new me, right? I think it's safe to say that maybe we should test some of these assumptions that we have about God because some of them might be driving the way we interact with him or how we engage with him or how we actually, we assume how he, is, how he um, relates to us. And um, without them going unchecked, um, it can be dangerous. And if I, I'll be honest with you with my answer, um, how I used to answer this. When I was in my early 20s, I spent some time as a missionary overseas and I was in Europe and running around doing uh, sports ministry and um, a lot of what I do now, you know, throwing dodgeballs in the name of Jesus, you know, a lot of good stuff. Um, But I was doing all this great stuff and uh, I was on fire for the Lord and I was gonna change the world for Jesus and God used that time and shaped me and formed me Um, a lot into who I am. But if I'm being honest, there was a lot of me that was probably still immature at times. And naturally for me, I'm a, 
Uh, I'm a busy person. I like a list. I like mornings. My wife will tell you that. Like I wake up out of bed. I'm like, good morning. Let's do this. You know? And she's like, would you please go back to bed? You know? Um, but so I'm like a list maker. I like getting things done. That's my nature. Let's get after it. And so if you give me like glory, God, God given mission, I'm like, that's even better. Let's go. You know? And I'll go all day long. And I'll be honest with you in that time, um, being a missionary kind of kind of filled that role for me, right? Because I could be like, look at all these souls that don't know Jesus. We got to go. And I was like so passionate that um, I didn't rest well. I didn't take time off. Um, I didn't know how to be with God. I don't know if my relationship was, there wasn't much with God in me. I did a lot of stuff for Jesus, but I didn't spend a lot of time with God, right? So my prayer life was pretty empty. My reading was pretty empty. My... um, care for others, I think I was probably impatient, if I'm being honest. And so I remember this one specific Monday morning, we had a Bible study group, and it's where we, all the missionaries would come together, and we'd kind of have our own mini church service. And I remember this time, um, this local pastor, Pastor Steve, I still remember, they called him Steve, I don't know if that's like a British thing, but it was Pastor Steve, I remember that. And he began to preach a sermon, and if I'm being honest with you guys, I don't remember a ton of what he said. Because in my mind, I was going through my list of what I had to do is Monday morning. I got all this stuff I need to do for Jesus. Just like some of you in this room might be like, okay, what do I need to get from the grocery store? What time are the kids soccer, you know, soccer practice, right? You're making your list. That's okay. I'm not, I'm not going to be offended, right? But I was doing that. I was sitting there making my list of the week, what it was going to look like. Um, and and I, I'm just looking like, yeah, 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 that's great. Let's get through this. Let's go, right? And at some point, I mean, he was just passionately preaching um, I don't know the passage, the, the verses, but I remember him talking about this God, very similar, a very similar topic about God wanting to, to really be with us and to dwell with us and how his desire is to abide with his people. And honestly, I just didn't have time for that. Didn't have time for that. I had too much stuff to do. And the time came when it kind of ended and there was kind of an altar call reflection time. And I was sitting there like, sweet, it's my time to leave. This is great. I'm gonna sneak out the back, right? And for whatever reason, probably the Holy Spirit, um, Pastor Steve locks eyes with me. And I'm like, oh crap, here it is. You know, he's coming for me. And he saw me and I'm like, dang it. And he came right down from the middle. So I'm not doing that to anybody here. Don't freak out. Um, but he just started walking toward me with a big smile. Still remember that? Like a faux hawk, I think. And I was like, that's a bad hairstyle choice. I don't know what that's about. Um, and he started walking towards me and, and I just was like, dang it, I don't have time for this. And I remember this guy come up to me and he was like, Logan, I don't know you much. And he kind of slapped me on the shoulders and he was like, hey, I just, I don't do this often, but I think, I just want to tell you like, God's crazy about you. He's crazy about you. Like he's so in love with you. Do you know how much God loves you, wants to be with you? And if I'm being honest, guys, in my younger years, I was like immature and I'm pretty sure I said something to the effect of like, yeah, buddy, I, I think I got that figured out. Right, because I was like, kind of moved from my home country. I live here, missionary thing. I think we're kind of past that stage of like, God loves me, right? Like I think, yeah, I got that. And he's like, no, I don't think you do. I don't, I don't know if you do, honestly. And he challenged me, and, and he said, I feel like God wants like, like God wants me to remind you how much He loves you. And I have never wanted to punch someone more in my life. <laughs> Because I just remember him with his big smile, just hands on my shoulders. And I'm just like, buddy, if you don't stop touching me, I'm going to knock you out. And that's not really me. I'm not like a fight or flight, but like I was fight in that moment. Like I was like, dude, leave me alone. And I said something I can still remember. I said, I got too much stuff to do for God to be with God. 
I said that. I know that. And I don't, you know, you don't always know the moments that are going to shape your life. But for me, that was one of those like moments in my life where I think I'd gone off track. I think I'd really made God into something that he wasn't. Maybe, maybe it was something I was taught in church. Maybe it was something I learned or thought I picked up, or maybe it's my own brokenness or my sinfulness. But somewhere along the line, I had decided that all that matters was doing stuff for God and not really spending any time for, with him. And the crazy thing is, I know I'm not alone. Um, Dr. Henry Cloud, who spoke at the uh, GLS summit we did this summer, and Dr. John Townsend, they wrote a book together, um, two Christian psychologists. And they say this, one of the biggest obstacles to growth is our view of God. If we are going to grow in relation to God, then we must know who God is and what he is really like. See, the God in my mind um, cared way more about what I could do for him. Like I was just like a soldier in the army, like I was a private, you know, and I was just doing my thing. And I was just, I had my marching orders and I was going, but he didn't, he didn't want to spend time with me. And I don't know if that's the church's fault. That was probably just somewhere I picked that up. And maybe it's something I made up in my mind. Maybe it kind of was naturally for me, my perspective or kind of fed into my um, love of lists and doing things, right? That's kind of how I'm wired. But I, I bet if we're in this room, I bet we all have some different views of how we relate to God. And, and it could change not only our lives, but how we interact with people, our families, um, and it'll change your life. So as we're talking about reading plans and jumping into the word, man, if we don't have the right perception, if, we don't, if we're not tuned into really who God is and how he, what he's like, we might, just might miss out on what God has for us in 2022, okay? So I wanna make an argument that most of scripture lays out this idea. It's not just me and I'm crazy and you're like, okay, Logan, that's one verse. But most of scripture, there's a theme throughout scripture. This is what sets Christianity apart in so many ways is that we don't serve a God who just is distant way off in the clouds, but he's a God who wants to be with us. Okay, so if you're a Bible nerd, if you are sword drill, Bible camp, only me, okay, no one else, okay. <laughs> Guess what, I'm gonna go through most of the scripture really fast, but from Genesis to the end, I'm gonna show you this theme of God with us, okay? I won't spend a ton of time here, but I want you to, you can write them down. If you like to write things down, this would be helpful, take a picture on the screen. Um, the first verse, we see this in Genesis 1, 26 through 28. This is God in relationship with himself, Father, Son, Holy Spirit says, let us make mankind in our image, right? We see God in relationship and it's not because God's bored or he didn't have anything else to do, but out of this relationship, there's a desire to, to, to create mankind and to have relationship with them, right? We see in the, in the Old Testament where the first, first people, Adam and Eve, that God had spent time with them in the garden, right? He walked with them, right? And we all kind of know how the story plays, right? Adam and Eve sin, sin enters the world, brokenness. But even in spite of that, in spite of ourselves, God still desires to be with his people, right? We're doing the Old Testament. We're doing the Old Testament this year. Some of you guys are gonna run into Numbers, Numbers 2, and you're gonna be like, what the heck is this book about? There's just all this like weird, how to set up camp and why does God care about all this, right? And you're like, and you're, you're gonna be like, Pastor Brian, why am I reading this? Well, I'm gonna help you right now, okay? You ready? So this is, Pat, this is Numbers 2, Verse two, and God is giving instructions to the people of Israel, right? They're broken, they're sin, they're flawed. But even in the midst of that, he actually gives them instructions. So, hey, the place of God's presence, the tent of meeting where God resided was in the middle of the camp. 
And everybody else's tents faced that. So the first thing you did when you walked out of your tent in the morning, guess what you saw? You saw God. You saw there's God. He's amongst us. He's in the, right in the midst of us. Now, and that was weird because it's like, weird tent, a tent of meeting or tabernacle. And that's not fully what God intended. So you know what God did? He sent his only son, Jesus, which is what we just celebrated at Christmas time, right? God loved us so much that he sent his son to dwell amongst us, to walk with us, to it's God in flesh, bone on bone, to be here, to know what it's like to be a human, but also to restore us as a one-time payment so that we could have a restored relationship with our heavenly father. That's who Jesus is. God cared so much about our sin that he did something about it, something that we could never do. He paid that price and he offers that to us freely for every single person in this room, online, if you're on the ski slopes or hanging out with family in the pajamas, that every person in this room, God has done that for all of us. The work's already done, it's finished. And then Jesus himself in John 15 or John 1, let me read this really quick. This is, this is who God is. It says, um, the word became flesh and lived amongst us, Right? And it said, and we have seen his glory, the glory as of a father's only son. From, from his fullness, we have all received grace upon grace. Grace, unmerited favor. We can't earn it. We don't deserve it. But God just, he's crazy about us more than we're crazy about him half the time. I don't know how to make sense of that, but I had someone in my life tell me, they're like, Logan, do you know what's crazy is like God's love for you doesn't change today, tomorrow, the next day or yesterday. And he's like, just, just sit with that for a little bit and try to figure that one out. Because I'm like, that's not how humans ap- operate, do we? Right? And right there, realizing that, man, there's a constant, and that constant is God and Jesus and the fact that he loves us so much that he came and did something about our sinful nature. It's miraculous. Pastor Brian mentioned this in, in, in chapter 15 of the same book of John last week. He said, Jesus offers this, not just redemption, but he offers companionship communion with God. He says, abide in me here as I abide in you, right? So it's not a one-way street. It's God's going, hey, abide in me, spend time with me, and I will spend time with you. That's what, that's, those are the words of Jesus. Hear from him this morning. And last but not least, if you skip across the rest of the New Testament, the very end, book of Revelation, here's what it says in chapter 21. It says, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, look, God's dwelling place is now among the people. And he will dwell with them and we will be his people and God himself will be with them and be their God. Folks, throughout scripture, we see God's heart is to be with us. And somewhere along the line, I myself and maybe you in this room, we've distorted that. Maybe it's our circumstances, maybe it's our brokenness, but somewhere along the line, it's, sometimes it's hard for me to believe that God really wants to be with me because I don't always feel him. I don't always see where he, what he's up to because he doesn't do what I would like him to do. Is that, maybe that's you. Maybe that's you relating to him. Maybe you heard of a God who um, you just need to make him happy or maybe um, he doesn't uh, really care about your situations or maybe uh, he just wants your obedience. I, I don't know. And we're gonna investigate that a little bit this morning. And if I'm being honest with you, I, I wrestled with that question throughout those years. And it wasn't until I went to seminary and I went to seminary being like, great, I'm gonna learn everything about God and learn how to think perfectly about God. And some of you are chuckling because that's the dumbest thing you possibly could think, right? I'm like, tell me, tell me. And they're like, and the best thing was, is like, I got, man, I always say like, man, that was like 
boot camp for me. Like God just like wrecked me and it was the best thing for me. And it was in one of these meetings with a professor, I'll never forget. Um, I came in full of zeal and I was like, yep, let's do this. She was actually one of my references when I applied for this job. And uh, her sister lives in Missoula, I think, as a matter of fact. But uh, she, she knew, she saw this stuff in me. She saw that, that kind of hard headedness in me. And she was looking, I want you to read this book. I was like, oh, great. I got plenty of books to read in seminary. I don't need another book. It's like, no, no, I really want you to do this. This is what you need to do. It's going to be our assignment or whatever. And I ran across it and it was this author named um, Sky Jitani. He's a Wheaton grad. Um, he's an author, podcaster, pastor. Um, and he wrote this book called With because um, as he pastored a lot of college age people, he ran to a lot of people like me. A lot of people that had done a lot for Jesus, heard all the stories, and somewhere along the line, there wasn't much with God. There was a lot of doing stuff for him and um, trying to follow the rules and all that stuff, but there wasn't much relationship. And he wondered about where that had, where, where we'd gone off track. And I read this book, and guys, honestly, it, it changed my life. And so we're going to pull some stuff from him, but I want you to hear what he says. He says, it has been my experience that when most people hear or think about God, they have a less than complete, sometimes flawed vision of who he is. And as a result, they do not desire him. Perhaps you in this room, as you're sitting here, they're like, yeah, I know I should love God, but like, I don't really love going to church. I don't really like love reading the Bible. Like we don't love him. It's hard for us. Like we know we should, but we don't have a, a growing passion for Jesus because maybe we have an off kiltered view of who he is or what he's like. And so this morning, what I want to do is I want to investigate perhaps some of those flawed views. And this is going to take some participation because guess what? I used to be a teacher. Okay. I love whiteboards. I love a good whiteboard. And then the church gave me this light up neon glorious thing that I, it makes my heart so happy. Okay. And full confession when I was a teacher, like I never used the lower part of the board because it was way too small. And I never to be like this in front of the, I was like, this is silly. But the, the students know any of the high school, middle school, like they see the whiteboard every single week. They're like, Oh, here he comes. I won't draw. Okay, because I, I barely passed art class, I'll be honest. Um, but I will draw some stuff, some images and some, um, some words in here. So I would love for you to participate with me, both online and here. So if you have a piece of paper, go for it. If you need to write in your notes, and I know you can do this because one of my teens came up to me after like, Logan, check it out. And they had like different colors in their notes. I don't know how they did it, but you know what? You're all smart individuals. You can figure it out. You know what I mean? So take a note, take a picture, write it down. Don't write it on your neighbor. They might not like that. But write, write this down, because if you're anything like me, you can hear something and I can see something, but when I do it, it actually sinks in. And, then, and that, that's not a surprise. All my teachers out there, they're like, that's the modalities of learning. Yes, it is. That's, that's true. It works, okay? Oh, shout out to our MSU students who are in the education program. We, we talk about this all the time. They're like, Logan, I saw what you did there. I'm like, yes. Teaching comes back into play. So I'm gonna draw some stuff here with you. I want you to participate with me. Um, and we're gonna be looking at this passage in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse through chapter 13. Okay, that's where we're gonna be for the remainder of our time. If you wanna go ahead and turn there, it'll also be on the screen. So if you have spent any time in church, you know that this chapter, this is the love chapter. Can we all say all? Oh, 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 you guys aren't big love fans. Okay, all right, never mind. They love this new year. Okay, no. Yeah, everybody, oh, love is kind, love is patient. You've heard this at a wedding. It's wonderful. But it's not always necessarily, I mean, it can mean some of that stuff. But what Paul's really trying to correct is the, the early churches, 
They're taking the things of God and they're, they're highlighting them above God. They're saying, well, wait, Paul, is, uh, is prophecy more important or is teaching more important? No, wait, wait. Definitely like, like uh, preaching is definitely more important, right? And Paul's trying to remind them of, hey, you're, you're taking the things of God and you're trying to like elevate yourselves because they're trying to have purpose and value and identity and basically everything else that all of us in this room are trying to fill that void with our jobs and 401ks and relationships, right? We're being honest, right? So Paul tries to correct them and remind them of who their first love is. And it says this in verse 31, it says, but strive for the greater gifts and I will show you a still more excellent way. What if God is offering a more excellent way of engaging him in 2022? Here it is in verse one through three, we'll dive in here. It says, if I speak in the tongues of mortals and of angels, but do not have love, I am a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. And if I have a prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as to remove mountains, but I do not have love, I'm nothing. If I give away all my possessions and if I hand over my body so that I may boast, but do not have love, I, I gain nothing. So this is where you get to dive in and draw with me, okay? Paul is correcting. I hope this one works. It did earlier this morning, so we'll be good. Oh, there we go. The Lord is with us this morning. That is awesome. Good start, okay? Even us non-art people, we can draw across, okay? We're good, okay? There's four main postures, I think, that Paul highlights here for us. There's four things that I think that might be in a way of operating. And as I'm drawing these, writing these, as you're writing these, drawing these, I would love for you to be like, hey, is that me? Man, that might be the way I interact with God most of the time. Maybe someone's in your family. Don't nudge them if that's, they're beside you. You don't have to do that. But maybe it's, maybe it's something your parents taught you. I don't know. But try to put yourself in these shoes and be like, man, is that the way I operate? So the first thing he, he highlights is this. He says, um, getting these miraculous gifts and miracles from God, but if I don't have love. Remember, that love is not just a feeling or a romantic love. It, it is a person. It is Jesus. We, we celebrate God who is love embodied, right? There's no greater act of love than what, what Christ did for us on the cross. So this isn't just about feeling good or feeling love, but who is love? And that is Jesus. And so if I, if I could do all these amazing miracles and gifts, but I don't have Jesus, if I don't have love, then what's it matter? So some of us in this room, we're from God people, right? From God people. This is, um, this is the divine vending machine, the holy vending machine, right? You guys, you guys never been on a snack break at office, right? Go, a couple quarters, B6, Reese's cups pop out, Reese's pieces, peanut M&Ms. Those are theme there. Those are my favorite candies. So if anybody wants to bring me some, that'd be great. Just kidding, I'm just kidding, I'm just kidding. No, so we, we treat God like a vending machine. We're like, God's there to exist to give me stuff, right? He, does, he is there to give me stuff. So I'll, I'll come to church, yeah, I'll read my Bible a little bit. But it's so God gives me stuff or he makes my life better or he helps me out in some way. So we think God's there to, to fill us up, to give us what we want, what we determine is what we need. And what happens sometimes is if you've spent any time in living, that doesn't always happen, right? You're like, but wait, I, I, I hit the buttons. And what happens when your things don't come out of the vending machine? You start shaking it, right? Yeah, you start shaking. You're like, wait, I need this. I'm so hungry, right? And if we're being honest, is anybody else's prayer life sometimes like that? I was like, God, you're not doing what I want you to do. I did the thing, you're not doing it. And so what happens is I get, I get let down or maybe I feel justified. 
if I spell anything wrong today, please, please have grace for me, right? I feel justified. I feel justified in my anger towards God. As a pastor, I sit with people all the time. And most of the time, they're going to be in one of these four categories. As I hear them tell their story, I'm like, man, that, they were told that God does everything they want them to do. So then they, they feel justified being angry at God. Uh, verse one, as we continue on, it says, uh, or verse two, excuse me, if I have the prophetic powers, um, if I can understand everything in this world, mysteries and knowledge, um, then some of us, we think that we can live over God. Over God. This is like classic Pharisees, right? Because they were like, you know what? Cool, God gave me all these rules and regulations. I'm gonna become the best at this, Right? And sometimes, if we're being honest, churches, we can be the worst of this because we're like, just do these 10 commandments, do them really well, everything will be perfect in your life. And then we kind of spend time, what do we do? It often comes across as judging others when they don't have it right. We're like, well, no, I'm crushing it right now. I'm doing great. So then we love it. We're like, oh, I'm feeling good. And this is what happens to Pharisees. They, they couldn't even see Jesus in front of them because he didn't do and act like what he wanted them to do. Because even they, were, they, would, they would say, well, you can't do that on the, on the Sabbath. You're not allowed to do that. The rules say, right? And Jesus, what does he say to him? He says, you think the word, you point to the truth or for the word because you think it's, it's life, but all the words, the, the truth points to me. This is all pointing to me, not me, but Jesus. You know, like he's like, you've missed it. You've missed, you know, you missed the forest through the trees a little bit. And some of us, that's us. We live life over God. We take his principles, his um, uh, the things of God, and we're like, cool, I can do them better than Jesus, right? Maybe that's you this morning. If we continue on, uh, Paul even attacks their faith, faith that would move mountains. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing. We all want faith that moves our mountains, but what it really is sometimes is our faith is actually just, we're hiding because we, we want to be under God. So we think if I just posture myself, and I, hear, hear, hear me out that, so there's truth in a little bit of all these. I, I, I mean, I could make a bigger case here, but yeah, God's over us. God's above us. He's, he's, he's all powerful, all knowing. But some of us, we think that our obedience makes God owe us something. Like we could say like, God, I, I did all the right things. I've kept all the rules. I've done everything. Or, or maybe because I did everything, I should have nothing bad happen to me. Right, this is the person that I meet with and they're like, yeah, I tried that prayer thing one time. And then the cancer diagnosis happened. Or then my mom or dad lost their job or their relationship fell apart. And so, you know, if that's what God's like, I don't want anything to do with them. Maybe that's you in this room. So what happens here often too is because we try to live under, I, I see a lot of fear. I, feel, I see a lot of shame. That's what happens a lot because we don't bring ourselves to God because we, we're just trying to make God happy with us and don't strike me down with a lightning bolt, right? So I try to be really good for Jesus. Right? And the last thing Paul talks about here, he says, even if I give away all my possessions, I hand over my body, even if I do all that, I don't have anything with love. And this is me. This is where I was at. This is the missionary version of me, Logan. I was living for Jesus because man, oh man, do I love a list and do I love doing stuff for God. And I was already pretty honest with you guys about that. But you know, a lot of times I was defensive because I didn't want you to, to maybe attack that a little bit. Or for me, maybe I was pretty worn out, right? I didn't have time for the relationships around me. I didn't know what it meant to Sabbath. I, I definitely thought that was for somebody else. I don't need to do that. I don't need to be with God. I, can just, yeah, I, I, know, what the, I know what the Bible says. I'm actually living it. I'm doing it better than you probably. 
That's so arrogant. So much pride, right? I mean, that, that's the big one for that one. Tons of pride of just like, I have honor and, and my significance comes from, I'm doing Jesus stuff, so it's better than your stuff. And, and, and I'm ashamed of that to say that, but I can sit here and say that, man, I'm so grateful for God because he, doesn't, he wasn't done with me and he's not done with you. So we pick up in verse eight, it says this, love never ends. As for prophecies, they're gonna come to an end. And as for tongues, they will cease. As for knowledge, it will come to an end. For we know only in part and we prophesy only in part. But when the complete comes and the partial will come to an end. When I was a child, I spoke like a child and I thought like a child. I even reasoned like a child. But when I became an adult, I put an end to childish ways. For now we see in a mirror dimly, but then we will see face to face, seeing Jesus face to face. Remember, that's the idea of God with us. Now I know only in part, then I will know fully, even as I have been fully known. If anybody had a reason to boast, it'd probably be Paul, because he's probably did more for Jesus. He was the best uh, Pharisee. Um, he did a ton of stuff. He was justified in his reasoning, but he also had a ton of guilt and shame in his life. But Paul, if anybody could stand this, and you know what he says? He says in scripture, he says, I count all rubbish apart from knowing God. It's not just about what I can do for him, but it was actually the relationship with God that guided him as he was shipwrecked and put in prison and wrote the books, the books of the New Testament and going to jail and dealing with all the early churches and all their hiccups and stuff like that. It's, it's actually his relationship with God that continued to drive him. It wasn't just doing stuff for God. It was actually his, his, his true north. It was God's with me wherever I go. So if I'm in prison or if I'm shipwrecked or I don't have a food, he says it later. He said, I've had a lot to eat. I've had nothing to eat, but I, it's all, it doesn't matter compared to Jesus. Friends, is that us? Are we in this room? Are we living life with God? Are we passionate about who he is? Or do we just have these ideas and theories in our head of who he is? And are we missing out on God this year? There's a chance that you might be missing out on healing, transformation, greater knowledge and love, peace that passes understanding. Some of those fruits in the spirit that we hope for this year, maybe that's gonna happen from that time with God. What if we didn't take our time in the word and just make it a checklist where God's happy with me now or now God will bless me, but actually I'm going there because I wanna spend time with my heavenly father who loves me, loves and cares for me. So um, this is where it gets very practical, okay? Very practical from here on out. Oz Guinness said it this way. He said, I am, he said, first and foremost, we are called to someone who is God, not to something or to somewhere. So I asked you this morning, are you, do you feel like your first calling is to Jesus or just doing stuff for him or to go someplace or what he wants you to do with your life? Or is it, do you believe God wants to be with you? So some of you in this room, you're sitting there, you're like, yeah, yeah, Logan, that's great. That's, that's cute. It's wonderful. I think I believe you. I think I do. There's a lot of verses, but what does that really look like? What does that look like in my life? And so I wanna get really practical. What does a with God life look like in 2022, okay? And there's gonna be three things and I want you to go ahead and write these down for this idea of a with life, right? I broke my, law, my rule going to the bottom of the board, but I'll do it for you guys, okay? With, boom. What does a with God life look like this year? The first one here is being loved and known by God. And some of you guys think that is just like, well, duh. But 
Some of us in this room, if we're being honest, we have, we have those facts of like, Jesus loves me, this I know, for the Bible tells me so. Like we have that song, we have that words in my head, but it hasn't moved from here to here. Hasn't moved from here to here. And sometimes that's the, the, biggest, the biggest distance, right? From our head to our heart. I might think I know something, but do I, do, I, do I truly believe that my gut, do I know that God loves me? And guys, it, was, it took me all the way to seminary for me to realize like, I think I know a lot about God, but I don't know if I've opened myself up to experiencing God's love. And I told you that phrase, someone said, do you know God's love hasn't changed? And I had to wrestle with that for a couple of years. And I'm, I'm not a big emotional guy. Some of you guys are hearing, you're like, that's too feely for me. I don't like that. I'm not a big emotional person. Like I'm not, my wife would tell you, like I cry one big tear. Like I get one tear out. She's like, you did it. There, there's your emotions. You're doing it. You're doing it, Peter. You know, anybody, any hooked fans? Anybody? Okay. All right. Just me. Child of nineties. It's fine. Um, you know, and it's like, that's me. Like I got in touch with, but it's like, man, is, if this is true, if this is true that God loves me and cares for me and is with me, and it changes everything. And so I had to not just say, God. And it was, for me, it was realizing this. It was realizing which one I was operating out of. And what I was saying is, God, I think I'm better at this than your way, right? My way's better than your way. And I had to humble myself and be like, God, that's, my way ain't working. My way's not, I'm pretty, I'm pretty all these things. And you, it seems like you offer a more excellent way. So Lord, would you show me what that looks? That's, that's humility. My wife, I mention her all the time. My students know this because every sermon has a Kayla connection at some point, okay? And so I'm in here today, so I'll, there's a Kayla point. But my wife's a counselor. She's a Christian therapist. And she says, um, I ask her, you know, she sits there and helps people heal and make meaning out of brokenness and pain. I said, what do you, how do you do that? Like, how do you do that without like, I'm a pastor. I can kind of be like, the answer is Jesus, right? Like I can do that, right? But like, how do you do that? And she goes, you know, Logan, I just feel like I try to gently challenge people's perspectives of who God is. Try to gently do it. Just say, hey, are you sure God's like that? Are you sure that's how he operates? Or who told you that? And so friends, I, I say this in this morning. If you say, if I say, I want you to be loved and known by God, do you believe that? Do you, do you actually believe that? Do you, do you feel that? And, and if not, then Maybe this is the Holy Spirit's just gentle nudge to you of maybe there's more to experience of him this year. Maybe there's a more excellent way for you in 2022. Second is this, be loved and known by his people. If you spend any time in scripture, you cannot, God says you can't love God and love, love others, they're together. You can't do one separate from the other. So much my favorite guy, Peter, right? He goes, do you love me? Well, yeah, I love you, God. Then feed my sheep, right? How many times do you have to tell him that? Three times, because Peter, like me, is hard-headed. And he's like, hey, do you love me? Yeah, yeah, I'd love you. Then, then take care of my sheep, right? And it's the same thing in here. You cannot love God and be disconnected from people. There's no Lone Ranger Christians in this book. And if you've done that in 2021, guess what? I, I bet you're not doing super great right now. And the fact that you're here says that you value being with people of, um, who are celebrating Jesus, trying to live with God in their lives. And what I would encourage you is take that next step. Pastor Brian mentioned it. Some of you in this room, you've been coming and that's great. I'm so happy you're here. I hope you'll come more. I hope it will be more than once a month. But some of you, you need to be in community. We have these things called journey community groups and it's right there. You can go talk to Pastor Michelle right there and it's the best thing for you because guess what? In my life, these things creep up. I have people in my life, my community says, hey, Logan, I think you're kind of over here. Let's get back here. Or sometimes I think I'm doing way worse than I am. And people are like, actually, you know, Logan, I saw, they maybe write an encouraging note or maybe they, they say something, hey, Logan, I actually see more of God in you than you might see in yourself. 
Who are those people in your life? Do you have them? Because man, 2020, 2021, like they had a way of just beating that out of you. And I hope that it's not the same in 2022, but man, I need people in my life that encourage me, that hold me accountable. And when you have that here available to you, you're missing out on a chance for healing and transformation by going at it solo, by going at it solo. So don't let another day pass where you go at this solo. Go and be with God's people. Even if it's wacky and funky and you gotta change your schedule, that's fine. Because guess what? I need God more than just once a month. I need him, that song, Every Hour I Need You, that's me. I'm like, God, I'm, I, I'm pretty bad at this on my own. So I need people in me who are gonna encourage me, help me. And so for some of you, it's starting a group, it's getting in a group. Don't let that happen to you today. They can help you see where God is in you. And so last but not, last but not least is love and know others. Love and know others. So last point, and you hear this all the time. Our groups are meant to help you read the Bible, Listen to the Holy Spirit, learn how to pray, and then also sharing your faith. And for some of you guys right here, if I know that God's not just in my 15 minutes of my quiet time and I have people who are encouraging me, then I can go into my spaces of, of, of influence. Maybe it's their school for you students. Maybe it's a, a place of work. For some of you, it might be at the home with your kids, your stay-at-home mom. Maybe some of you, it's um, um, out. I mean, it could be anything. It could be a college student going to class. But who has God put in your life that you could be salt and light where you're at. I, I tell our students all the time, I say, hey, we're gonna leave people in places better than you found them. They get tired of me saying it. They know my rules, right? First one's don't be weird. That's our first word. Don't make it weird. Excuse me, I should say that. Don't make it weird. Like don't make it awkward, which is hard for teens sometimes, but they do a great job. You got great teens here, right? But second is this, leave people in places better than you found them. And man, Jesus didn't heal every single person. He didn't you know, change every circumstance, but every time he encountered people, you know what they said? Who is this man? Who is this man that knows everything about my life? There's something about him, so much to the fact that he just walked up to people and said, follow me. And they're like, yep, I'm good, I'm good. I'm gonna follow you. Friends, we have people in our lives right now who are desperate to encounter Jesus. And we might be um, the first piece of Jesus they encountered this year in 2022. I don't know what's to come. I don't have, I, I don't know everything. Just like Paul says, I don't know everything. I, I don't know where all this is going. And I will know fully at some point, but I am known. I am known fully. And friends, that's God's invitation to you this morning, to be fully known. That's not a, a destination. That's a journey throughout time. But let that journey start today. As I continue to learn how to be loved and known by God, finding my whispering spots like Brian and Bob were talking about last week, getting alone with God, getting his word. What if I encounter God? When I went to the scriptures and I was like, okay, God, I don't have to know all this. I don't need to know every little thing. I'm not just coming to this for facts or knowledge, but I'm coming because I want to experience you. What do you have for me? What if my prayer life is just, my prayer life's gotten way better because you know what I just said? I say, God, I'm here. What do you got? I don't have to bring in my laundry list. Sometimes I do, but I don't have to. I'm like, God, I just want to be with you. What do you have? Sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's quiet. I don't know, but I still, I go without this pressure of that I'm doing it wrong or my algorithm's off. Friends, what if in this year we pursued life with God? Because the, as much as you're pursuing him, he's pursuing you that much more. I promise you that. The more that you think you want God, I promise you he wants more of, more of you. That's who God is. That's the God we, we worship together. And so, could we do that this year? Could we be people of, of hope and, and love? 
in faith wherever we go? And could we live out that life with God, with the people we have? Would you pray with me? God, uh, we just thank you. We thank you that you are a God who loves us so much that you entered our story to redeem us. That you cared about our sins so much that you took care of it on that, that day on Calvary. That Lord, you offer grace to all of us. Unmerited favor. I don't know even fully what that means sometimes. Like it doesn't make sense to me, but Lord, would we just sit in that this year? And Lord, would people in this room begin to just like let go of these perspectives, these lenses, these barriers that are, are keeping them away from you? Lord, in this room, would we just lay down and say, you know what? I'm a for person. I'm a from person. God, my way is not that great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I wanna do life with you. Lord, would you show my friends in this room what it's like to do life with you in the midst of community, people who challenge us and keep us accountable? And Lord, that our conversations as we go out of here would be just be able to ask really good questions. Ask, be curious of how other people are seeing God. Lord, I, I, it says, taste and see that the Lord is good. And so I, I pray for all my friends this morning, those who have tasted and seen that God is good, they can testify to that. Would they sing out this next song with just full of love and appreciation for you? Because Lord, you are good and you are with us. Amen. Let's worship together. Thanks for engaging with this content. If it was encouraging to you, we'd love for you to leave a review. Hit that subscribe button and share this content with others. We'd also love to connect with you. The best place to do that is journeyweb.net. Don't forget to follow us on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. Just search Journey Church Bozeman and you'll find us there. If you'd like to give to our ministry, you can do that now at journeyweb.net slash give. Once again, thanks for engaging with Journey Church.